Hi, we're Robin and Shelby, and you're listening to the Rising Rebel podcast. Through this podcast, our vision is to empower women to go for their dreams and have the courage to stand in their power. If you are someone who wants to live consciously, explore and shift your mindset, deepen your desire for personal growth, and really rebel against the shoulds and limiting beliefs that are holding you back, you've come to the right place. Here, we dig deep into the journey back to self and uncover that inner knowing that allows us to live from a place of alignment and authenticity. If the universe has placed us in your path, get ready because we're going on a wild and expansive ride. If you're on a journey of self-discovery, we've created something spectacular for you. It's called the Evolve and Expand Online Retreat, and it's launching this fall. We're curating the best teachers, experts, and coaches from around the globe to bring you a -a one-of-a-kind learning experience. Some of our own biggest breakthroughs have happened when we least expected it, and often from leaders and teachers who weren't even on our radar. We believe that blending and finding a balance of modalities to serve, expand, and evolve your mind, body, and soul is really the secret sauce to initiating quantum shifts. Visit www.evolveandexpandretreats.com and sign up to be notified when tickets are available for pre-sale. It's coming soon, and trust us, you don't want to miss out on this. Karen Lee is a mindset coach who works with women on overcoming their limiting beliefs to live a fulfilled life. She is an advocate for tearing up society's expectations of us and living a life that gives us butterflies. Today, we cover Karen's approach to subconscious mind, limiting beliefs, and she even goes over her how she uses timeline therapy with her clients. It was really fun to connect with Karen Lee, and I also loved her Scottish charm. I know you guys will enjoy this episode as much as I did, so let's welcome Karen Lee. Hello, magical humans. You have got Shelby here. Hello, Karen, and welcome to the Rising Rebel podcast. How are you today? I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me on to the podcast. You are so welcome. Well, It's exciting because you are not from around here where Robin and I tell our (laughs) listeners where you are located. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm in Glasgow, Scotland. Um, Yeah, and I I was just saying to you that we, myself and my children just spent two months in Texas, which we loved, but we just got back here this week. Um, But yeah, it's always nice to come home, isn't it? Yeah, so it's so very cool and uh, a lot, I mean, I, I love accents and so yours is like mm-hmm. mesmerizing and I'm, I'm definitely loving it so far. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get started with, let's, I love to just jump right in. Um, yeah. Let's get started with a little bit about yourself. What started you in this work and basically like what, we'll start out with what do you do in this world? What is your purpose? Mm-hmm. What is your calling? So I'm a mindset coach. I'm trained, my background is NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. So I can talk a bit about that in a, in a moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it's, I work with people around limiting beliefs and what their blocks are, what's holding them back. That was never my intention. It was because of my own journey. And, you know, I, I had coaches in the past and, I, you know, I guess, you know, you might be familiar with this type of work as well. Um, Basically, I, I hadn't realized until I really got into my personal development journey 
that it was limiting beliefs that I'd been holding me back all this time. I didn't know anything about the subconscious mind or your thoughts and, you, you know, have an effect on your actions. So, yeah, once I got really into my personal development journey, did you know, inner child work, looked at my traumas, um, and, yeah, it led me to NLP, which then got me into limiting beliefs and the power of the subconscious mind. I have so many questions. There's so many things I want to get started. Let's yeah. let's start out with what is neurolinguistic? I probably won't even say it right. NLP. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, is yeah. that? Can you break that down for us? And you kind of mentioned that that was like one of your first things that you started to do yeah. when you realized that you had some limiting beliefs. Yeah. Well, so I didn't really know much about limiting beliefs until I until I did my training in NLP so just to sort of you probably to make you familiar with NLP if you know who Tony Robbins is Mm -hmm. yeah so that's what he does (laughs) he's 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 the NLP guy he's so although he doesn't talk so much about NLP when you watch the way that he is with you know people in his audience he's using NLP it's a it's mindset and it's about it's, a, it's also it's working with people individually because we're all wired differently and we all have some of us use you know some of us are visual some of us are kinesthetic which is about feeling so he knows how to uh, become aware of someone's whether they are visual or kinesthetic or um uh, you know whichever senses that, that they use to communicate he'll he'll acknowledge that and he'll use that to sort of get into their minds and allow them to see things in a different perspective. And it's all about wording as well. So neuro-linguistic programming. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's very broad because there's so much. I mean, you can work with people around phobias, obviously limiting beliefs or general mindset. But really, it comes down to getting them to see things in a different perspective that's actually serving them in life rather than holding them back. Okay. And you mentioned that you sort of went down the limiting beliefs rabbit hole mm-hmm. out of that. You said it's very broad, but limiting beliefs mm-hmm. was something that you were drawn to. And you also mentioned that you actually discovered on your own that you had some mm-hmm. limiting beliefs that were holding you back. What was that like? How did you realize um, what your limiting beliefs were? You know, for some of our viewers, they're just getting started in their personal development mm-hmm. journey. And some may not even know what a limiting belief is or if they have them. Mm-hmm. So can we talk kind of basics here for a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So for my own journey, I had done sort of the mindset work and I knew how to get myself into like a high frequency and, you know, and, and getting you know into a mindset that was serving me. So I thought I had I thought I had it together. I thought I knew what I was doing, where I was going. And I trained in NLP to become a coach to help others, thinking it was going to be more around sort of mindset and trauma. But then some of the techniques that we were trained in were around limiting beliefs, so we delved into that. And I couldn't believe that I I thought I had it together. I didn't realize there were still what I now knew were limiting beliefs that I held about myself and my capabilities that were holding me back and that these absolutely amazing powerful you know techniques that go right into your subconscious and ultimately rewire your beliefs to make them more empowering so that you can move forward and think in ways and behave in ways that are serving you so to establish limiting beliefs what i would suggest for anyone who is on their personal development journey and still i guess digging deep 
um, you know, in whatever way that may be. When you think of a goal um, or something that you'd love to achieve in life, the negative self-talk comes in and tells you why you can't do that. And that's a limiting belief. So the reason why it sounds like your own voice is because you've taken that belief on from could have been, you know, in the playground or your parents or caregivers, teachers, TV. Um, and you've taken that belief on as your own. It's very deep rooted. And then, of course, it becomes your own voice that tells you you'll never achieve that. You're too old to start new. You're not clever enough, whatever that is. So those are all limiting beliefs. And I think that's the first step in overcoming them and starting. I mean, it takes time because, of course, they're deep rooted and you need to unravel. And I would I suggest, you know, journaling, meditating, all the good stuff that's going to help you on that journey. But yeah, that would be the first step is acknowledging what that negative self-talk is. That's a limiting belief. Do you think it's always obvious what the negative self-talk is like for some, you know, with clients that you've worked with, is it always really obvious to them? Or do you sometimes have to do some digging for them to even realize, like, I know I have Mm -hmm. some really sneaky limiting beliefs that pop up and I'm like, no, that's not, that's not anything. Mm -hmm. And then I dig deeper. I'm like, oh, wait, that is huge. And it's actually been holding me Mm -hmm. back, but it took a lot of deep diving. It's not always obvious. So do you find that with your clients that there's a little bit of diving to do? Yeah, yeah, because they it's so deep rooted that they don't know that it's mm-hmm. just it's their reality. It's yeah. their it's their reality, and it's it's what they believe is true. And it's the thing is with your subconscious mind, um, your whatever that belief is that's holding you back, a limiting belief. Your subconscious mind is always looking for evidence that it's true, so you believe it because mm-hmm. you're seeing the evidence that it's true. So they won't they won't always know unless. They're really into the journey and they've been kind of doing the work already but i find that generally and even when i when i ask if i put it out on social media what's your biggest limiting belief and a lot of people struggle they don't know because it's their reality they don't yet haven't yet established oh wow that's actually a limiting belief until you put that out there and make that suggestion to them that it might be well it's really interesting that you say it's their reality right so you wouldn't even think of it as something other than what you're used to and we know that our limiting Mm -hmm. beliefs often come in the first seven years of life right with our developmental brains and it becomes who we are so yeah Mm -hmm. it is it's not something always outside of us that we see as you know it doesn't have like a flashing red light that's like hey i'm a limiting belief right Mm -hmm. it could just be a fact to you a fact of life that you have adopted as truth. So the, yeah, it's really interesting when you say, you know, people just think it's their reality and what a beautiful job that you and I and Robin, we all have is we get to help people understand that there's actually more, Mm -hmm. you know, there's things that you can do that, and that doesn't have to be your truth. That doesn't have to be your reality anymore. Yeah. I, absolutely, yeah. And this is the thing. I feel like, like you say, like we're we're doing the work, and you know, I feel like society doesn't nourish our dreams and our goals and everything around us. It's like, yeah, this is what you can achieve, or you need to tick societal boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, way of life, and you know, you leave school, you go to university, get married, have kids, and you retire. And it's there's there's very few people that really do go outside of that and dream bigger and think, I don't think so. And that, again, that comes down to limiting beliefs, but it's, I think, thankfully, more and more people are starting to do the work on this and talk out about, you know, where our beliefs come from. And, you know, it's becoming more 
conventional, I guess, rather than alternative. It is. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. Like I'm seeing this shift in the personal development space mm-hmm. where it's kind of becoming like the sexy work now, right? It's like yeah. people aren't going out and like partying as much. Maybe I'm just getting older, but it doesn't seem like people <laughs> are as interested in like, you know, what we used to probably do when we were younger. Really, people are diving into their personal well-being mm-hmm. and I just, oh, I'm so here for it. So you talk yeah. a lot about... Um, you know, what what society thinks we should do and ticking the boxes. I know you talk about ticking the boxes, which I love that analogy. And Robin and I, through The Rising Rebel, really what it is, it's rebelling against the shoulds. So anytime we see a should come up, that's like a red flag for us because we don't Mm -hmm. live anymore in the land of shoulds. (laughs) So can Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about that and how that comes up into some of your work? Uh, Just it's, it's that deep rooted should because that's what society wants us has taught us to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to push past that as well, because there's always the fear of judgment as well. So that's a big thing that I need to work with around my clients. So that we need to work around that fear of judgment in order to get them to go after the life that is going to make them feel fulfilled. And I think it's because I, you know, I talk about this on social media. The reason why I do the work that I do is because I got myself to that place where honestly, it's, it's like, forget what everyone else thinks, do what you want to do that's going to make you feel fulfilled. So why wouldn't I want to live in a, a world surrounded by other people who are doing the same? Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the reasons why I do what I do. And also I just feel there's a big injustice. You know, why isn't society lifting us up and encouraging us and supporting our dreams and goals? So that those are, I guess, um, the reasons, but yeah, you'd asked about the second societal boxes. Is that what you asked me? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you said we're doing things really just to tick boxes that society has told yeah. us that these are the boxes to tick. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. that is so true. Mm-hmm. Because, and I, because I just think there's so much more than that. And I just, and I guess there's a little bit of the rebel in me as well that wants mm-hmm. to go against that. I don't want to live by society standards. That that doesn't fulfill me. And I know that I'm not alone. I know that there's so many other people, but perhaps maybe they haven't realized it. Maybe they just haven't found the confidence to go after that yet. So all these little things, you know, the things that I talk about, the limiting beliefs, how powerful our subconscious minds are, living a life that gives you butterflies. I'm hoping that that just sparks something in someone because the drive's in there. It's in all of us. Sometimes we just need something or to hear something that thinks, oh, yeah, I do want that. Like, maybe this isn't what I really want. Yeah, and I I agree. And you sparked something inside of me when you said, you know, I can do this for work for myself, but I want to be surrounded by people who are also, you know, living a life Mm -hmm. that gives them butterflies. Mm -hmm. And I I completely Mm -hmm. agree. Robin and I really are you know, one of our main missions and it feels really big, but it's to create a paradigm shift, really mm-hmm. create that shift in our world that more people mm-hmm. are doing this work. And sometimes doing work has had like an almost like a negative connotation, you know, healing and trauma can be feel really deep. But it, you know, yourself, once you get into it, it it's actually so rewarding and it, it lifts mm-hmm. the vibration of the whole planet. And so mm-hmm. I love when you said, you know, you want to enjoy this work with other people around you. 
and sisterhood and community, right? Like that's something also Robin and I are so passionate about. And that's why we loved, we, that's why we have this podcast. We have beautiful guests like yourself on here. So what is that like for you? Do you, do you live, I want, I'm just going to go down like a different kind of path for a second. Mm-hmm. And then I want to come back and ask about timeline therapy, <laughs> but okay. is the, did you have to like, stand out on your own to do this kind of work? Were you ever looked at like, oh, Karen Lee, like she's kind of like, you know, different, she's doing this stuff or is it really, how was that journey for you? So I had to overcome the fear of judgment as well and put myself out there. So in the past, any person on social media I had was all, it was all private. I was a very private person, still am to an extent. I'm very careful and that's just me you know, it's, it's hard when you've had a guard up your whole life, which I did. And it's because of my own experience of, you know, limiting beliefs. And I guess, I you know, I think so many people can relate. When you've expressed yourself as a child or teenager, you know, something that you love and it's been mocked or shot down, you then put a guard up. Totally. And it's really hard to break that back down. So I had to go through that. That was a really big part of my personal development journey. And then also I thought I need to, I just wanted to challenge myself and get myself out of my comfort zone as much as I could, because, you know, growth comes from that. There's growth on the other side of that. Um, so I, you know, started my social media just posting sort of motivational stuff. I just wanted to, I felt really good. I was starting to really get myself into a good place. So I started sharing, you know, just quotes and how I was feeling and trying to lift others up, I guess. And then that is now, you know, what what became the work that I'm doing now. It just it just became not no longer just sharing content, but actually working with other people. Um, and yeah, you you were asking what? Sorry, what was it you asked? You'd ask so yes. okay, I will have another question. What would you say <laughs> to somebody who is has been mocked for something that mm-hmm. they're interested in, maybe in the personal development space, and they're mm-hmm. feeling? that re- they're really scared because of that judgment what would what would you take them through what would you say to them because there's so many people right now that i know are on the cusp of breaking through that but the fear of judgment i know mm-hmm. personally is like debilitating right that mm-hmm. fear of what other people will think of you has mm-hmm. it stopped me for so many years so what would mm-hmm. you tell somebody who's just right on the brink of stepping into their power but hasn't quite got there yet so i would ask them to ask themselves what is the what is the fear of judgment because that's sort of umbrella term sort of so really get down to what who who's judging you why why are they judging you does it really matter you know and even you know i guess even for me it was friends and family which they probably weren't judging that was all me so sometimes it is sometimes mm-hmm. if they actually ask the person what do you think they might actually feel you know get, get a completely different answer from what they expect when i started to ask people friends family people that i was close to you know i'm about to post this is this really cringy and they're like no that's amazing that's going to help people you know that's that's your story get that out there and here's me thinking i'm going to be judged for this mm-hmm. and they're saying no that's really so I would, I would just ask them to get down to, um, you know, what is it that, what's the fear of, yeah, fear of judgment, we, we all have that, but really get down to where's the, what's the, where's the fear coming from, you know, who's judging you, what is it in particular that you're scared of being judged about, 
um, because you'll find that once you really get down to it, it's really not, and it's it's in it's in our minds. It's our like you know it's our reality. It's probably not what they're thinking at all. And everyone's also too busy doing you know dealing with their own lives and doing their own things. They're really not thinking about you as much as you think they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I had to really ask myself when I would, you know when I would perceive in my brain that somebody was judging me, I really had to go deep and say, is that really true? Like, what is, Mm -hmm. what's my evidence that I know for sure that they are judging me and I could never find actual hard evidence that they were right. It was actually Mm -hmm. something that I made up in my brain. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. we mirror our own feelings. We project that on Mm -hmm. others. So if I thought somebody was judging me, I started to look inward. Okay. Where am I judging myself? Because that's Mm -hmm. the, you know, it's only me that matters. I'm the only one yeah. that can judge myself. Nobody mm-hmm. else actually can judge you. That's an illusion. Yeah. So yeah. where am I judging myself? That's really important what you just said, because that's the thing. And so even now, you know, the personal development journey, as you know, it never ends. We're always learning. Mm-hmm. So even now, some something can come up for me, but I think I feel judged. But it gets to a point now where I'm like, okay, well, that's me. I'm judging myself because if I, whatever their judgment is, it's triggering me to make me feel like I'm being judged. So I'm, I must, I need to look at that, whatever that is myself, because there's obviously something around that. So, you know, so now, I mean, and also I think just for anyone listening who does struggle with the fear of judgment, we can switch that. There's always two options. What, who are we empowering? Rather than wondering about who's judging us, who's who are we empowering? Who are the people that, rather than judging us, are looking at us and thinking, I feel really inspired by what she's mm-hmm. saying and what she's doing. Why are we focusing on the judgment? Why are we not focusing on the empowering and, and who we're inspiring by what we're so focused on that instead and feed that instead? And it'll take your mind off the judgment. It might still be there, but you're not focusing or feeding that. Yeah, I love that. And if you, you know, if in this work, if we never put ourselves out there as for fear of judgment, there's so many people that would Mm -hmm. lose out on our beautiful messages and gifts that we Mm -hmm. have for the world. And so you really have to get back into that Mm -hmm. frequency of like, what is my mission with this? If my mission Mm -hmm. is to help, then it's a, it's pure, Mm -hmm. right? And so sometimes you can also really question that and find out it's not coming from a pure intention. Like if you're wondering mm-hmm. about getting judged about posting, say a selfie or something like that, I'll just use that for an example. And you kind of look at it, you really get into it. And actually it's coming from because you wanted to post it for validation. Mm-hmm. That will mm-hmm. also, you'll say, oh, people are going to judge me. But really a lot of times, you know, you have to get really clear on why you're doing something. And when you can really mm-hmm when you can really step into the, you know, the wholeness of why you're doing something, it will become mm-hmm. more clear of if it is a limiting belief or it, if there's an ulterior motive mm-hmm. that you're posting that for. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just want, I just wanted to add one more thing to that and just say, you know, for anyone who does feel, you know, the judgment, it's they're not alone. So any successful person that you see out there has gone through the limits and beliefs, has gone through the judgment you know it's it's not an easy ride it's icky it's it's you know we just it's pushing past that it's dancing with it feeling it um yeah so just so that it's not they're not alone everyone that you can see who's got somewhere who you're admiring has gone through the same thing 
well, and they're probably still going through it, right? Yeah. Like I know mm-hmm. for me, it's a, you know, it's a journey, right? There's the, yeah. no end destination. I don't ever mm-hmm. expect to wake up one morning and be like, I have no yeah. more limiting beliefs. <laughs> I am perfect. Yeah. Like, no, that's not how it yeah. goes, right? We're just always mm-hmm. going to be, you know, working on ourselves and also, mm-hmm you can get excited about that too. You can reframe that. And like when, you know, Robin and I talk about like when something, a trigger pops up in our life, instead of getting frustrated, now we're like, Ooh, we put our investigator hat on. We're like, what could this mean? What am I going to learn about myself? Mm Kind of have fun with it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So you talk about timeline therapy and Interestingly mm. enough, I've never heard of this and I must know everything now. So tell me, mm-hmm. tell me everything. So it comes from NLP and you mentioned earlier about the ages between zero to seven. So that's when your subconscious mind is forming. Okay. And obviously everything that's going on in your environment at that time is vital to the beliefs and the actions and everything that you'll go on to do and think later in life. So timeline therapy, it's about getting to the root cause of certain emotions such as anger, sadness, fear, um, hurt and guilt are the other ones. Those are the five that we focus on in timeline therapy because they're drivers and decisions that we're making in life that maybe aren't serving us in life. So, and they come from, you know, that infant age memories that you probably won't remember because you know the first time you ever felt anger or sadness or fear you were you would have most likely been a baby um, or a very small infant it might even have been passed on depending on your own beliefs you know from could have been passed down from your mother we know that you know when we're in the womb stress hormones you know if your mother is very stressed during pregnancy that's then passed on to us and we're born in fight or flight mode because we have more stress hormones because of our mother. So, um, but yeah, anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt. So it could be passed down from generation. Um, you know, fear, we could have, you know, fear, you know, whatever's going on, you know, from grandmother or, you know, even before that. Um, but that that's just to keep it sort of open so that they're not limited. So when we do timeline therapy, we take them back to the first time that we they felt anger, which could be from them themselves when they were, say six months old it could be from a past life could be from their mother their grandmother so we just keep it completely open just depending on their own beliefs so we go back to the first time that they felt that and we get them to acknowledge that now you won't remember the first time you felt anger or sadness but it's in there your subconscious mind knows and it will throw up a memory and it could be something that you that really you know you think wow like I didn't, I know what that is and I didn't know that was the root of my anger or it might be something that you don't know. We just say go with it. Your subconscious mind is throwing it up for a reason. So the process is almost like hypnosis, not quite, but we're getting really deep into your subconscious mind. It's a process that we do with your eyes closed and we use your timeline, which just takes you back. We establish, you know, your past, present, future so that we can get you in your timeline and the reason for that is so that you're not reliving trauma. That's not the purpose. We want you mm-hmm. to acknowledge the first time or the root of anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt. And we want you to take the learnings from it that can serve you going forward. And then once we've done each emotion, we then do a, a separate technique immediately afterwards to focus on your biggest limiting belief um, that's obviously holding you back in life because it comes from those emotions. 
and then we tackle that and then we instill a new empowering belief. And that's essentially timeline therapy. It takes a couple of hours. Okay. And are you doing this like in a one-on-one environment? Are you in person? Are you, how are people doing this with you? So I work with clients in person if, if they're, if they're in the area or it's mainly on Zoom because I work with people at, you know, around, you know, the UK and America as well. So yeah, it's, it can be done over Zoom as well, but yes, it's, something that you most likely will just need one session, but I include it in my coaching program as well. Okay, cool. So yeah, really, it's taking you back to those formative years where that first Mm -hmm. emotion was Mm -hmm. brought into your awareness. And then you're kind of bringing it out, releasing Mm -hmm. it and then creating a new empowered feeling. Is that do I have Mm -hmm. that right? Yeah. And you know, the big thing about it is to acknowledge it. Uh, um, and get 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 to the root of it because it's it's still in there. It's in there in your subconscious and in your body as well. As you know, you know we hold the emotions and traumas in our body, and unless we do the work around it and acknowledge it, um, and of course take the learnings from it as well, which are positive and productive for our future, and then you can let it go. And like I say, it, le- it leaves room to instill new empowering beliefs. Well, and I like that you said that the whole point of it is not to go back into like the trauma. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when people are doing somatic work or embodiment work, they're scared because Mm -hmm. they don't want to go back and relive any of those traumas. But you're Mm -hmm. saying with this therapy, that's not, that's not the case. They're not actually specifically going into what happened. It's just the Mm -hmm. emotion. Yep. So with timeline therapy, the client uses active imagination. So they're essentially on their timeline, looking down at the event. So they're disassociated from it. Okay. So that they so that that gives them, you know, the chance to acknowledge it and see it. And, and you know, it will throw up memories and it can be emotional. Most time, and I've had timeline therapy and you do feel very, I guess it can be quite heavy and you feel, but you can also feel light after it as well, but very emotional. You know, I won't, um, you know, dismiss the fact that it's it's an emotional process, of course, um, but it's not about reliving trauma. It's not traumatic. It's, you know, it's in there and it's, it's about acknowledging that and taking the learnings. It's meant to be a positive technique mm-hmm. and process. I think sometimes just acknowledging things and this takes it even outside of timeline therapy, just in life mm-hmm. in general, our body goes... Ah, like a sense mm-hmm. of relief when we just acknowledge something. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it takes off the pressure. It takes some of those layers down that it was so, mm-hmm. you know, in. And it just, yeah. it's like a sigh of relief. You can actually physically feel that in your body when you just acknowledge mm-hmm. something. So I think even the small power of acknowledgement is so huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's getting to, you know, your subconscious because as you know, you're, you're soaking up everything from birth. It's all still in there. And some of it we're not even aware of. We're not aware until we work with the subconscious mind and can actually get to the root of, of, of emotions and events as well. If people are just hearing the word subconscious mind for the first time, do you have a way that you typically explain that? I know we all kind of explain it a little mm-hmm. bit differently, but what's your take on the subconscious mind? So your subconscious mind is always running. It's 95% of your thoughts, your actions. Um, so right now we are having a conscious conversation. Um, you know, your the actions, but generally for people, you know, the actions that are taken, it's subconscious, you're tidying up and your mind's probably elsewhere. 
your conscious mind is thinking about what I might have for dinner tonight, but you're and then your subconscious is sort of doing whatever you're doing. So yeah, with your, your subconscious mind is in the background. It's, it's ninety five percent of your thoughts, your actions, um, and your you know, and you know, like you're, when you're driving, it's your subconscious mind normally that's driving. So you're not always um, aware of it. I don't know it. how I can sum that up in a, in a sentence, the subconscious mind. It's, it's yeah. Oh, I don't, um, yeah. We probably can't sum it up in a sentence because yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it, yeah, it's such a, it's such a big thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, basically you're not always aware of your subconscious mind. It's kind yeah. of like just I, running on autopilot. Yeah, I guess the best way, if you think you, you, you might be aware of the iceberg, where 95% of the iceberg is below um, mm-hmm. the ocean and that's your subconscious mind and then your conscious mind is 5%. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess maybe that's the best way, but it's always running. It's taking up everything. And this is why I say, you know, conversations that you're having, what you're listening and watching, you know, everything is soaking it up. And if it's negative, if it's doom and gloom, then that's the, your results. Your thoughts are going to be a result of that. That's why it's really important to feed your mind with the good stuff and you know watch trash TV and yeah do indulge in things like that but make sure you're feeding your mind with with all the good stuff as well and what it needs to hear to empower you because it's listening it's taking it all in and your your thoughts are a result of that mm-hmm. and you mentioned you know you help people live a life that gives them butterflies and mm-hmm. to me that just paints such a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. Has that been your reality? Like what, how has your life changed since doing this work? Do you, you know, can you speak to some of your butterflies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, so much. When I think of myself in my teens and my early twenties, and I was just, I was so closed off to any, to any, you know, meaningful relationship or friendship. Um, I was scared of being hurt. And that was why I also had zero confidence, zero self-worth. It, it had all been shot down and I just, yeah, I got to a point where when I was 25 years old, I ended up, I guess you would call it a bit of a breakdown and I had to build my, but it, I mean, it was, I guess it was the best thing that ever happened because mm-hmm. then, it then allowed me to build myself back up and I was on a mission to just live. The, I felt like I'd been really to the depths of hell, honestly, and and I thought there's no other option but to, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to build myself up to be the best version. And that wasn't, I wasn't thinking big goals. I was thinking my feelings. I was thinking I want to feel the best that I can possibly feel. And I started buying books and listening to podcasts. And like I just said, feeding my mind with all the good stuff. And when you start to feel like that, it starts to open up the possibility of opportunities and what your, you know, your capabilities and I just kept on with that. And it's, you know, it, it took years back then, you know, there, there wasn't as much as what, this was going back say 10 years ago. So there wasn't as much as what there is now. There wasn't really social media, without, you know, and podcasts and everything. And coaches, you know, it took me, I was eight years into my personal development journey before I found a coach. And that really mm-hmm. propelled things as well. But as for living a life that gives me butterflies, I feel like now it's it's living life on my terms. Never mind societal boxes. None of the, you know. It's what what fills me up. I think getting um, clear on your own values, what your values are, because then you can use that as a compass to live a life that you want to live. So for me, that would be, you know, um, location freedom, um, adventure. Those are some of my values. 
and you know, like I said, living life on my terms, what do I want? And I had to go over the, the fear of judgment and what other people think as well to get me to this place because other people perhaps don't approve and we are sort of sort of wired to want to approval and you kind of need to overcome that as well. But yeah. Yeah. And you know, you said that you had to overcome that fear of judgment to live a life mm -hmm. on your terms. And isn't mm -hmm. it so worth it? You know, for the ones who are listening mm -hmm. that are just on that seat, they're just on mm -hmm. the edge of like jumping off the cliff into the, yeah. <laughs> the distance. Mm -hmm. It It's like both of us, you and I are both like, mm -hmm. it's so worth it. Your life mm -hmm. will literally open up like that's what you said as mm -hmm. soon as you started like doing podcasts and listening to books you realize all this potential you realize it's it's like you're in a movie and you're like what this mm -hmm. what yeah. you're opening scrolling to the next pages like this can yeah. it can be this good and you you don't mm -hmm. even realize it until you start into a journey like this mm -hmm. that your life can be so full of butterflies and so mm -hmm. my message for everybody listening is so worth it it's so mm -hmm. worth it yeah and there will still be fear. My little thing that I like to say is dance with the fear because it's it's always going to be there and it's there for a reason. And it's it's also, you know, trying to keep you safe. Um, but it's not always, um, you know, we don't want to stay in our comfort zone. We want to go outside our comfort zone and experience and then growth comes from that as well. So I say dance with the fear. It's just trying, it's trying to keep you in your comfort zone. It's trying to keep you safe. You know, it doesn't know what's on the other side of that, but that's okay. Just dance with it. Um, so I would say, you know, even now, I, you know, making big life decisions and there's, you know, another big life decision that's just around the corner um, and there's fear for me around that. But the alternative is staying in my comfort zone and not going after something really big that I want to go after. And um, so that's the life that gives me butterflies. So there's that thing that I want that I'm going after because it's going to feel amazing and give me a different quality of life. But there's also the fear that's just there in the background and that's okay it can it can be there you can um, dance with it <laughs> yeah yeah the comfort zone yeah. sort of becomes like a bit boring right like once mm -hmm. you've experienced that adrenaline rush that comes from conquering your fear mm -hmm. and like walking with it and dancing with it mm -hmm. yeah it just becomes this like it's just a different vibration that fear brings mm -hmm. up for me now mm -hmm. that I know I can always get through it and I have my own back and I'm like mm -hmm. come like you know there's different seasons in my life where being comfortable is important and I really do think that you don't always need to be in like that push push season of your life where you're just looking for fear everywhere I don't believe that mm -hmm. I do believe that there should be some times of rest and you know, nervous mm -hmm. system regulation and regeneration, all those things, those, those need to be, yeah. but I do, I know I'm ready when, what I know I'm ready for a bigger jump when I'm like, okay, I'm kind of bored with the comfort zone at the moment. Like how can mm -hmm. we shake things up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the life that gives you, but that's you going totally. after things that set you up, set your soul on fire. That's the, that's the life. Yeah. What you fools. Yeah, totally. Okay, amazing. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with you. Where? Can, tell us what you're up to. Where can people a work with you? And I know you also have your own podcast. So give us all the deeds, mm -hmm. and we'll make sure it's all in the show notes. But what are you up to these mm -hmm. days? Yep. So yeah, the podcast came out at the beginning of this year. It's a spirit, mind, and soul podcast, um, and that's about people that have been through 
hardships and challenges, but you know, come out of that and you you know, using mindset or whatever tools that got them through to become, you know, I guess spiritually enlightened or thriving in their life, career. So yeah, and the purpose of that is to give people hope that they can get through the hardships and the challenges in life. And yeah, coaching, building, I do public speaking as well. That's becoming more at universities and at networking events. Again, talking about limiting beliefs. Um, yeah, and honestly, it's just to get my message out to a wide, as wide as an audience as I possibly can. That's that's the goal. Um, more public speaking on a bigger scale as well. Um, yeah, and I'll continue coaching one to one. And I do my sister circles as well, which are local in Glasgow. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, there's lots going on and yeah. And are you t- taking coaching clients? Where can somebody reach out to if they want to get mm-hmm. um, either like a timeline therapy or enter one of your one-on-one spaces? Yeah, so they can go to IamKarenLee.com or they can find me on social media at IamKarenLee. Um, if they want a little taste of what coaching with me would be like, there's a free ebook. It's on my website. If they go to free resources, it's a mini ebook. And it delves into things such as inner child work, limiting beliefs, um, the power of the subconscious mind, creating your reality. So that might be a good place to start and they can get a little, a little bit of what we would delve into. Oh, yeah, that sounds beautiful. Okay, Miss. Well, it was so beautiful to have you on the Rising Rebel podcast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we look forward to this episode airing. If you've made it to the end of this episode, that means you're committed to expanding your mindset, shifting your beliefs, and the journey back to self. We are so honored and absolutely grateful to have you along for the ride. If you enjoyed this conversation, please help us spread the message by sending this episode to a friend. The Rising Rebel is dedicated to creating a paradigm shift where women remember how truly magical and innately worthy they are. See you next week, and remember... Empowered women are good for the world.